Uh, you, you guys are a pretty haggard group. You drag in here each week uh, after whatever happened in the week, and uh, I know you're tired. I know uh, you're discouraged sometimes, and that's okay. Uh, this is the place to be, not just the fellowship hall, obviously, not just the church, but to be with God's people. And uh, so uh, today, I hope that you will get some purpose and uh, encouragement from God's Word on what, what you're doing here and what you're supposed to be doing here. Um, I'm so thankful. I, I hope you gain encouragement just watching the kids, uh, watching the kids and them stumbling up here. And that was brutal this morning. To, you know, I ate those things. Like, uh, what am I supposed to do with these? And um, but uh, I, I hope you're encouraged by that because uh, that's life. You were once there too, and some, some of you uh, failed to admit it or remember uh, how uh, you used to be, but you were young and uh, full of life and full of energy and full of uh, hopes and dreams and crazy ideas, uh, and uh, you know, God has been faithful to you to walk you through, and I, I realized that we would have wished there were more victories along the way. Uh, but his faithfulness that you're still standing uh, is part of that picture too, and I hope that you gain encouragement from that. We're starting a new series today. There's going to be four weeks, Lord willing. I'm not going to preach them all next week. Caleb Bosler, my son and the youth director, uh, is going to be preaching, and then the following week I'll preach the next message, and then the last week uh, Brandon will come. And what we're talking about is... uh, that we have a Lord, that we have a Lord, and what that means uh, to our lives, uh, the things that we do. And it is a hard thing to figure out. It is very hard for us to figure out that we have a Lord. And I I say hard to figure out. It's not hard to read the Scriptures. It's very clear. Uh, But in our world, there's so many people and things and culture vying for our attention. And I would even say that special spot uh, that only the Lord should be in. Um, And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about in these weeks as we walk through them. Um, If you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, that's kind of where we're going to be. Uh, spending the bulk of our time this morning. <clears throat> Sorry, Caleb, I should have got you these earlier. But Genesis chapter 1, uh, we're going to be looking at verses 26 through 31. And I would just tell you that we are, uh, in Adam and Eve, we are the crown of God's creation. Uh, today we're going to really be looking at our Lord as being our creator. Our Lord as being our creator. And that should make a difference to you. Um, one of the words in the New Testament uh, that is a, really a, a common word that speaks of that speaks of God, our, our relationship with Jesus, is Him being Lord, Kyrios, which means the supreme authority, and is used as a title as Master, as Master, and if you think about the Lord Jesus Christ, as being your supreme authority and your master, it's going to change the way you live. Not just how you live, but how you think and how you view others. And this morning, we're going to begin uh, just talking about who is the supreme authority or who is your supreme authority. 
Where do I and others fit? Uh, what's the, the order? How does this work out? What is our relationship one to the other? Who is your Lord? Well, there's three options. Three options. First of all, it could be the Lord Jesus Christ. He could be your Lord. He could be the one who is your supreme authority. When you wake up in the morning, you're asking the question, what does he want me to do today? Jesus, what, what do you have for me today? What, what am I going to do? And, and not just what am I going to do, what am I not going to do this morning for lunch, in the afternoon, in the nighttime? What am I going to be thinking about? What am I going to be scheduled? What's going to be my goals for the day? What's going to rank in importance? Jesus, what do you have for me? The second option, which could be the supreme authority for you, could be someone else. Someone else. When I say someone else, it could be anyone else. Uh, it could be your wife or your husband. It could be your kids. What does little junior want to do today? Uh, that's going to work out bad, by the way, if he is the Lord, little junior. <laughs> it's going to be a bad day for everybody, maybe the whole world. Um, but uh, it could be someone else. It could be a, a spouse or a child. It could be, even as an adult, your parents. You, they could be dead and gone even, and they, uh, they haunt you, right? What would my mom want me to do right now? I know she's never going to see. But what you, know, you think in terms of they are the most important thing. It could be someone else. It could be for you. And I don't want to talk too much about this. I just want to touch on it and then go. It could be a governor. President. World leader. Could be. Could be. And you say, well, whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do. I'll just leave it there and just keep going. <clears throat> it could be the Lord Jesus. It could be someone else. Or for most of us, this is the, the dangerous one. It could just be yourself. Yourself. Me. Me. What am I going to do today? Whatever I want to do today. Whatever I've decided to do today. Whatever I thought was important today. Whatever I valued today. Whatever my flesh cried out for today, that's what I'm going to do. I will be my own Lord. As we begin our study, uh, these are the three options of that supreme authority in our lives. And uh, I, I want to walk us through this morning um, some important passages, some important passages. There won't be too many, Caleb. Uh, but um, first one, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. I, let me get there myself and uh, let me pray for us and just ask God's blessing on our time. God, thank you for your word, uh, that it is not just a book, it's not just words, it's your word. And uh, as we even consider this idea, this important truth, that uh, your son Jesus is the Lord, that we would uh, see him as such, and that we would want uh, to follow after him, that we would love him, that we would have a relationship. And God, we uh, thank you for guiding and directing us this morning, your spirit in us, uh, guiding us and directing us, teaching us uh, what we need to know. Bless your church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1, 
uh, some very important verses, and we could spend a lot of time talking about these. And uh, I will just uh, breeze through them and highlight a few things this morning. But I think it provides the foundation that the Lord is our Creator. He is our Creator. And I want to just start out, for some of you here today, if you're asking if I'm uh, I'm talking about evolution, I, I am. I am. And I'm, I'm saying that it's not true, okay? And I'm saying that it doesn't say millions of billions, but it, that it says days. And there's no reason uh, to read the days as anything other than days. Yeah. And so God's not trying to confuse us. And you say, well, where does that leave us with science? And it, it leaves us in a great place with science, is that God is the one who knows everything, and scientists and those who study this world are trying to understand what God has already done, and they're doing their best, um, but if they're doing their best in a darkened state, anyways, we'll just, just know this, just know this, that scientists are trying to figure out what God has already done. God already knows what he did. He wrote it down, okay? And so uh, we'll leave it there. Um, Verse, uh, I want to start reading at verse 26 this morning in God's word. Um, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I don't know if that... So the stuff in the surprise box is what they're talking about, the creeping thing. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the living things that move on the, moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding uh, seed, uh, seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree uh, with seed its fruit. You shall have them for food. I'm just going to stop there. God's word, uh, God's word communicates us from the outset uh, of his crown of creation. And what you see in uh, Genesis chapter 1 as you see the first five days, uh, creating these amazing things, but just boom, there they are. And then there's something special about man in that last day of creation. It says that, uh, I'll just point out some things. First of all, it said, let us make man. It's hard for us to get this, but it's plural there. And uh, it does it without explanation, plural, right? Uh, it doesn't say, Oh, this is the passage that's talking about the Trinity, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say that. It just says us. Let us make man in our image, our image. And so there's this uh, really uh, in in seed form, really small form, just alluding to something that we're going to get in the future, that God is three persons, Trinity, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, perfect unity, perfect uh, perfectly together, but all fully God and distinct as well. Um, we just see this in seed form. The setup for us to understand the Trinity as Revelation continues. It also says that uh, that man, 
Mankind is supposed to have dominion over something. What is it? Uh, What are they supposed to have dominion over? The stuff of the earth, right? Animals, plants, trees, and and this this idea of dominion. What it says right there is that we are to rule and have dominion over each other. Does it say that? No, it does not. It says that we're supposed to have dominion over the trees and the animals and other stuff like that. Uh, Just remember that when you see people trying to have dominion over other people, to rule over them, to uh, tell them what to do and what not to do and to um, submit, have them submit to. Anyways, um, dominion. It's clear in Genesis chapter 1, I think it says it four times, that man was created in the image and likeness of God. This makes man the special image, the crown of creation. If you can picture, and I always think of this, and it's a crude example for such beauty, but uh, I grew up in church. And in the days that I grew up in church, one of the the go-to's, in the fours and fives, maybe even older, was Plato. Plato is the go-to. And when you have a, a hunk of Plato before you and you're a four or five-year-old boy, uh, what do you do? Come on. It's a snake, of course. Because I was super creative, Right? And if I got really fancy, you know, I'd coil up the snake. Most of the time it was just, you know, it was just like this, you know. And see, you know, some days you make a big snake, some days you make a little snake and a fat snake. It's all the same, but it's a snake, okay? You got two eyes and, you know, it's nothing special because I'm not that great of a creator. Um, And it's funny because the teacher would always ask, what are you making? What are you making? And some kids are more creative than Pastor Kevin, but I was making a snake, you know. That was my go-to. and, and there's this, this idea that uh, you can create the, the clay or the, the Play-Doh before you is just nothing, right? And, and you make it what you want it to be. And uh, it shows your workmanship, right? And, and there's this idea that you can make whatever you want. And, of course, God could make it in, in that the, the beautiful let us. Let, let us, and what does he say? Let us make man in our image, let's make man like us. And that should be like earth-shaking for us as we read that. That he didn't make us like the cows. He didn't make us like the salmon. He didn't make us like the gophers, thankfully. He made us like himself. He made us like himself. And really uh, goes throughout Scripture this, what, what the implications of this are. That we are made in the image and likeness of God. He took nothingness or, uh, you know, what he had. The, the picture of the earth, you know, what, what is of the earth, the, the dust, the, the dirt. And what did he make? And how did he make it? And, and, and what was his pattern? The picture here is we are made in the image and likeness of God. He took nothingness and made it into something like himself. 
I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you when you see anybody, anybody. I know we struggle in this culture of hating people. I know we uh, look at people and we say they're a piece of trash or worse. And I just want to remind you that every person, every person, every every person in the prison, every uh, politician, lawyer, pastor, whoever you know you struggle with, I just want to tell you every person is made in the image and likeness of God. This was the pattern of mankind, image and likeness of God. We are image bearers. And so to talk about one's life, life or death, uh, it's important for you to remember that that person is made in the image and likeness of God. It's important for you to, to look at your coworkers, your family members, your, the people you struggle with most and say, image bearer in the likeness of God. Like they are made to be like him. They are made in that image. And so we are the crown of his creation. And so the, the Lord who loves us and cares for us, he didn't just find us on the side of the road. He created us. He created us. If you, as we're moving down and making comment in verse 27, what does it say? Uh, it reiterates, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I want to be clear. Two. Two. Male and female. You don't get to choose. You don't decide. It's not like there's not a later revelation on this deal. It is at birth, actually, you know, we, we just get the revelation, you know. I, I always think it's funny when, uh, you know, you, you get the ultrasound and, you, you know, you do the cannons or whatever you do to just, you know, tell everyone the great reveal. Um, and there are some that the great reveal was premature, right? Uh, they had the gender reveal and then the baby came out and it was different than the day that the, you know, uh, I just want to tell you, that is not decided by us. It should not be waited on to uh, speak with your son or daughter about what they want to be or what they think they are. But it is decided by God in creation, in His creation of them specifically. I want to encourage you, uh, folks. Uh, I know you know this is going to be a... a it's going to be one of those church growth messages. Uh, it just won't be for our church. You know, uh, you, you need to do this as parents. You need to do this as uh, grandparents. You need to talk to your, your little ones. You're a little man. You're a little woman. You're going to be like mom. You're going to be like dad. You're going to take this spot. You, you prepare them for this, right? What, what happens? What happens? Uh, when your son puts on mom's shoes, what do you do? It's a real simple conversation. Pastor, I heard him say it this way. Oh, those are mom's shoes. Those are the shoes that moms wear. And your sister will wear shoes like that someday too. But you're going to be like dad. So you're going to wear shoes like this. You're going to do things that dad does. And there is a difference. That's your job. That's your job. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter what school says. It doesn't matter what our government says. It, you know, they got the wrong answer. They got the wrong answer. 
Answers in God's word, male and female, right there, boom. Doesn't matter what pronouns they want to use, male and female, okay? Boys, girls, dads, moms, got it? Is that clear enough? For those of you who are watching online, who knows, who knows? Where were we? That wasn't enough. If that wasn't enough. Sipes, you here today? Okay. Okay. And others. And others. Uh, so um, it goes on. Passage goes on. Verse uh, 28. He says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Um, as part of that uh, conversation with your little ones, uh, this is the deal. What does God have us here for, right? It's not exclusively. It's not the only thing he has us for. Uh, you know, be, you should be really concerned. The Bible is really concerned about overpopulation. Really concerned about it. You can find tons of verses. Look for them. Not a one. Not a one. Who provides? Who provides? God provides. If you go on, it says, be fruitful and uh, multiply and fill the earth. But he goes on. And it talks about, you know, the food that comes. And, and, and who provides that food? God provides that food. Yeah, sure, there's work to it. And toil, there wasn't really initially that much work. But uh, there's toil to it. And there, it's not easy. And, you know, if you have more kids, they, they'll eat more. I guarantee it. Um, but but this, is, this is the point. This is the point that God is revealing in his creation, in his picture of this is what I, this is my creation. This is what I set it up for. This is what I want life to be like for you. I created you in my image. I created you male and female. Blessed you that you might multiply and fill the earth, have dominion once again, and I'll provide for you. This is what God has God has done. If you look in these first two chapters of Genesis, you will find a loving Creator, a Lord that loves you. And at the end of day six, as He looked at uh, His creation, He said, "Is very good." In the middle of verse thirty-one, and behold, it was very good. And I just want to encourage you. I'll keep it simple for those of us who are slower here today. Don't mess with his creation. Don't mess with his creation. This is his picture. This is his design. And our goal should be what? To be who we are created to be. To follow in as we look at his word and as we look at uh, the design, his intention, his, his uh, picture is to say, how do we fit into that? Why? Because he is the Lord. He is the crown of creation. We are the crown of his creation. I want to turn to Psalm 139. Uh, We'll start in verse 1, but then skip down to verse 13 and 14. But Psalm 139, verse 1. And as we go through this passage this morning, and we do this message, we start with creation, the, the, the very basics of what he gives us in chapter 1, and we see it reiterated in chapter 2. And, and, and now we look at, in the Psalms, as it's looking at the beauty of creation, uh, Psalm 139, verse 1, there it is. 
Uh, pretty big. Uh, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. Uh, I want you to connect those words, Lord, first of all, uh, in the Old Testament, Jehovah, uh, Yahweh. Um, he referred to him and, and there were names of God and, and, and there was this beautiful intimacy and they understood that God was the one, the supreme authority, the master, right? The one that was in charge. And, and as he looks, the psalmist looks and he says, oh Lord, uh, you search me and you know me. You know who I am. As you think about uh, how creation comes about in general, but now specific, it goes like this. Who knows how you work? How, how do they know where you are, what you're doing? Uh, as you look at Psalm 139, you'll see he just talks about the different places he could be and all, all these amazing, even if he's hidden, where, where would he be? And God knows exactly everything about him. He searched him and he know, knows him. And uh, there's this hard thing that God knows us better than we know ourselves. And, and he knows where we are and he knows what we're doing. You, you think about that. Some of you track your kids because you don't trust them. There's reasons. And you look on your phone and you go, where are they? I see where they are. Don't worry, the government's tracking you too. Um, and they think, you're, they, think, they think that you are their kids. Um, and they're in charge. You know, anyways, so you track them. You, you track them. And, and I want you to know this thing. I, I want you to know this, that God doesn't need an iPhone or find my phone or any of those phones. He, he, he knows you where you are right now, all about you. He knows you intimately right now because he created you back then, but he knows everything about you. Skipping down in Psalm 139 to verse 13 and 14. There's more on this in Psalm 139, but I'm just going to share with these two verses, verse 13 and 14. It says, For you formed my inward parts, and you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. He, he describes what went on uh, before he was known by anybody else, only known to the mother, but also not even known to the mother in the sense that she couldn't see what was going on. And, and it shows this beautiful picture of, once again, forming, you know, the clay thing, the, the Play-Doh thing. But the, this idea of knitting and weaving together. How many of you know how to knit? Come on now. Come on, be proud. Um, uh, my, my grandmother, uh, she, she knitted. She knitted everyone Afghans. It was like a rite of passage in our uh, grander family. We got her, I, I think it was a particular birthday. Maybe it was our 13th birthday or something like that. Anyways, we got them. They were all different colors, but they were all the same kind. And, and they were my grandmother. She knitted these. Uh, and I remember sitting there and, and knitting. And I remember some of the other family members, women, were trying to do that as well. And uh, they and it didn't look very good. Their stitches were, you know, one was long and the short, and they, they I don't know if they didn't go to the right school, but they weren't counting, and it was longer, and it it, it just didn't look right, right? 
But the picture here is this, that God, God, he does this special thing in a place where no one can see in the womb of a mother. There's a special thing where no one can see. And it's not, not like the creation like this, created. It's this fine knitting, forming, shaping within the mother's womb. Uh, I, I want to say, say this, childbirth, childbirth is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's, a, it's you know, for us, it's miraculous. It's miraculous. Uh, to God, he's just saying, I'm just doing something special like I do, <laughs> like I do. I do this all the time. <laughs> it's part of what I do. He, he specially takes care in the knitting together of each one of you, each one of your kids, each one of your grandkids, and so on. And so why do we treat human life as special? It's because of the Creator, the Lord creates. He knows us. He, it says the Lord knows us and creates us. But the, then it talks about the, the details of that, this forming and knitting in the mother's womb and uh, the beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, we love it. We love it. And this picture here is a continued special creation we see in Psalm 139. And I just want to say it this way. When you see a baby, you go, ah, handcrafted, handcrafted. Right? Handcrafted by God. He loved him so much. He, he spent extra time on this little one. Uh, we got to go to a wedding, and uh, there was a month old there. And to see these young parents uh, that were fumbling around with this, this little one and how, how beautiful, uh, beautiful baby. And just, uh, it, it was awesome. And you couldn't help be drawn to uh, be fascinated with, this is what God does. This is what God does. His continued special creation. We are and babies are. The Lord knows us because he made us and he continues to keep track of his creation. Move on now to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And I, what I want you to be connecting is we have a Lord, we have a Lord who has created us by design, man and woman, but he created us individually and as we look at this, we realize that uh, in the New Testament that this Lord of creation is the one who we should be listening to, who we should be worshiping. Uh, in, in Colossians chapter 1, looking at verses 15 and 16, Jesus is the creator of all. And Colossians chapter 1 is just a, a magnificent passage about uh, our eternal Christ and uh, all his uh, amazing attributes and, and what he has done and the, the reasons for us worshiping him. And, and it says this in verse 15, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And then it says this in verse 16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. As you read this, you realize that uh, the one spoken of in Genesis chapter 1 is Jesus, right? And, and as we look at this, some of us, you know, we, we argue or we, we try to think through and be smart uh, about uh, 
you know, does this mean that Jesus was really the creator and the Holy Spirit and the Father were not involved? No, I think that they were all involved. I think it was a group project. I, I think that that's why they had this discussion of uh, how this came together. I don't know, though. It doesn't give us much more information. But know this, in verse 16, uh, we know that Jesus created all things. And in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. All things. And so uh, when we think through what we see and who we are and who we know, we can just mark in our mind, they are a creation of Jesus. Creation of Jesus. Be careful how you treat people, right? Because they are a creation of Jesus. What else do we know? They're made in the image and likeness of God, right? And so we should mark that in our mind. One other thing as we make this transition, because I think it's important as we think of him as a creator, our Lord who is the creator. He is Lord over all. He, He is creator of all. And then it ends up, uh, verse 16, it says, All things were created through him, and what? For him. For him. What was it, what's the purpose of your life? What, what is the purpose of your life? I'm not even talking as a believer in Jesus Christ yet. Yet. Uh, you were created for him. You were created for him. You were created for him. You say, so why am I so miserable? Chances are you messed up that Lord thing at the beginning, what we talked about. Who can be the supreme authority? It could be the Lord Jesus Christ. It could be someone else. Or it can be you. Chances are, if you're miserable in life, you're taking a season of time, you got derailed somehow, and you thought that you were the boss. Or, you, or you're chasing your tail trying to please everybody. You know, you're trying to please your spouse, your kids, your government, your boss. It's not working out very well, right? Because there's only one place, there's only one that should be the Lord. We were made for Him. We were made for Him. Well, uh, I hope this provides a basis uh, for what we're talking about here. That the Lord created us. He created us. He, Jesus is our Creator. Uh, the God that we can see, Jesus, He was down here on this earth, He, he physical. Um, that same God is the Creator of all things. And all things were created through Him but also for him. I want to give you a couple of either-or questions to kind of tie up our time, and then Caleb next week um, is going to continue on in our study, I believe through Philippians chapter 2, talking about our Savior Lord, Savior Lord. The the first thing I want to ask you, uh, were we created, or is life about Random things that just kind of happen. Random things that kind of happen. I want to tell you that if it's random things that kind of happen, who cares about anything? 
I'm not, I'm not saying that, that uh, you know, if that's the way we were created, let's talk about it, right? But uh, the Bible tells us very specifically, not random things kind of flop together, but God created us. Not just created us, um, voila, but he fashioned us. He, he knit us together. He, he had a special plan for us. He, if we are created, that makes life different than if this is just random flopping together, okay? I think it's important for us to get that peace in place. Secondly, and if you could pull up 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We're one of two things. We're either ruined or we're redeemed. Which one are you? Are you ruined or are you redeemed? And we didn't talk about this, but in Genesis, it goes on pretty, happens pretty quick, right? Uh, we get to that third, fourth chapter and things are a mess real quick, real quick. Everything was very good and then it wasn't, right? It was a mess. You're either ruined or you're redeemed. As you look in the book of Genesis, you realize that the whole world was touched by sin. And that's your family and your life as well, right? And you know that. Like, if you'd be honest, uh, we could give examples here this morning of how sin has ruined your life. Does anyone want to go to that service? Uh, Long service, long service. Plenty to share. We're either ruined or we're redeemed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You're either ruined or you're redeemed. I want to encourage you about something here. Uh, the scripture starts with creation, but... It quickly uh, shows the sinfulness of man chasing after sin, being ruined by sin. And there's picture, picture, picture of that throughout the whole scripture. But it, it is driving to this idea that Jesus came to be the savior of the world. To take that which was ruined and redeem them. To take the mess of our lives and to change us in such a way that we would be his very own. What does it say in this passage? A new creation. A new creation. I know that some of us struggle with the guilt of the stuff that we have done and can't get rid of it, right? You can't uh, change what has already happened. I want to tell you, because of Jesus, if you've trusted in Christ, you are a new creation. A new creation. As beautiful as that little baby. A new creation. Lastly, as we um, tie up our time, we either have a purpose or we're aimless. We either have a purpose or we're aimless. Uh, As you think about uh, this whole idea of being created, we are created in His image and likeness, right? And then goes on to say, right, we looked at Colossians, it says Jesus created us and and we were created for Him, for Him. I want to tell you, you're an image bearer of God. 
You're an image bearer of God. You're created by Jesus for him. I want to tell you, you should live that out. That's what will give purpose to your life. If you don't live that out, your life will be aimless. If you, if you think you have a better idea, uh, you're created by, to be a man and you desire to be a woman. Or you desire to have dominion over others. Or you desire uh, to just do whatever you want for you to be the Lord of your life. I want to tell you, that's a mess. And you know it. And I know it. But our role, our purpose should be the one God created us to be, an image bearer of God, to have dominion over the earth and the animals, to be distinct as a man or a woman, to have generations, and to know that this is very good in His eyes. In conclusion, I'll just say this. There is a Lord. He's the Lord of creation. It is not you. It is not you. It's not your wife or your your boss or your kids or your government. It's not your collective culture. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Help us to understand and and grasp uh, the supreme place you have put of authority, your son, Jesus Christ. And the sweet relationship you've given us with you through him. And God, I I ask that you would make us mindful that we're your image bearers. We're the ones that, that your creation, that we are created for you. May we find the purpose in that. May we cling to you as Lord and not, not one that would put some other person or ourselves in that place. God, help us to serve you and love you. May we realize the importance of you being Lord of creation. God, thank you for this time, your word. Glorify yourself in us this week as we uh, seek to faithfully be your church. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.